Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Podcast. Read Junk Podcast. With your host, my guy. Welcome to the Read Junk Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kremko, and it's officially one month of being in self-quarantine in my apartment. Haven't really left the apartment that much besides the balcony, go get the mail right down the stairs and to do laundry every two weeks. I haven't really even been taking too many walks either, if not at all now. Uh, there's just so many people walking around. It's just kind of hard to avoid people. Um, so I'm a little delirious. Kind of, kind of why I love doing these podcasts right now because people are home actually and uh, it's just someone else to talk to besides my family pretty much. This episode is with Robert Julian who plays in Root Boy George and has a new instrumental reggae band called The Zenzies. We talk about a bunch of stuff. Uh, talk about being stuck at home, trying to homeschool our kids, trying to find groceries, trying to do, trying to be creative during this time. Uh, we talk about Adobe Creative Cloud of all things, uh, his projects, playing Root Boy George. Uh, playing over in the UK. We talk about the Hudson Valley scene a little bit. We finish things up with uh, talking about politics and then a more uplifting note, t- trying to talk about movies and TVs and stuff that we've been watching and rewatching. It's a good chat. Um, so thanks to Robert for talking with me. It was uh, a lot of fun. Be sure to tell your friends about the podcast. Subscribe at the links in the description and all that fun stuff. So let's get going. Uh, here's Robert and I talking about stuff right here on the Rejunk Podcast. Boy George, and you have a new project called the Zenzies. The Zenzies, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so, how are you holding up during this whole quarantine, lockdown, pandemic crisis? Making music, making music. That's what I'm doing. Like, um, you know, Rude Boy George. We're always we have meetings, and you know, but everybody's in their own place. Um, I also had another project with my boy Ben Ben Basili. We have a band called Root Combine, and okay. that's also. On whole, we released an EP. You actually mentioned it in your, yeah, right, in your right. podcast. Yeah, I was going to bring and that up. Yeah. yeah, we, our drummers kind of got busy and our sax player, keyboardist, she just moved to Florida. So, so then the sense is kind of like, you know, I've been, I'm always writing, doing music at home, but um, now more than ever. And, you know. You got all the time just, in the world, I guess. <laughs> a lot of time. It's, I mean, my kids are in school, so. We're doing the homeschooling thing, you know, so I that, hear can you. Get, that can get a little, I mean, not, it's not bad, but you know, 
it's it's just more stuff but like yeah so it's just you make music have some friends doing stuff online all the musicians are doing stuff everybody's doing something you know like painters are painting people are drawing drawing people do podcasts are doing podcasts i was just chatting with a friend on zoom right before this he's doing something with crash crash is like a legendary graffiti artist and like my friend's doing gonna be doing a podcast with him because same thing so like graffiti artists are at home drawing and thinking ideas everybody's doing something so you know so i'm just making music and sharing it and inviting people to collaborate so you play mainly just guitar though right or you play like a few other instruments i play guitar and bass but i also record keyboards and i specifically say record i didn't say play because i almost a lot of stuff like play chord by chord so like like especially i play like a bubble i'm like yeah i mean like the the scob like bouncing bouncing and then i'll go back but i don't actually switch a lot of the chords so um if it's easy stuff i do but bass guitar and and i use drum loops i don't you know i can't i do have a trombone which for a while i was trying to teach myself and um yeah, it almost caused a divorce. <laughs> I, I once borrowed my friend's trombone in high school. I'm like, oh, like when I was getting into ska, I'm like, let me try it out. And like, it was all disgustingly and like spit and stuff. And I was, I was just like pissing my parents off, like <laughs> blaring it. Like, yeah, this is not for me. That's admirable that he let you borrow it. Because- yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, it's yeah, sure. It's, a, it's fun though. I mean, I wish... You know, I would get more serious into it because I love horns. But um, yeah, I mean, I have I I just bought a crappy trombone on eBay years ago for like thirty bucks. So if I was to get more serious, I would have to actually get a real trombone. But I would love to, you know. But mainly guitar and bass. That's what I'm. But if I was going to be like, especially like in this time right now, would you get a separate mouthpiece, like new one, or just have, and then keep the rest of it used? Or would you actually use, like, how do you clean that out? Because I feel like it gets pretty well, disgusting. You can, disinfect <laughs> you can disinfect it because it's also like, um, I, I mean, I'm not an expert on trombones and mouthpieces, but you can disinfect that stuff. Okay. I mean, honestly, even if it's your trombone, you should disinfect it. You should, yes. Yeah. So, because you, from what I remember, when I was a little bit more into, you know, I always say like to wash it also, because you know, it's so much saliva that piles up in there, so you have to clean it constantly. It's it's very saliva intensive. So. When I was when I was trying to do a, do band in like fourth grade, I was like trying different like the mouthpieces of like they had like a the mouthpiece lineup, and then back then we you just kind of wipe it off with your t shirt kind of thing and try. <laughs> I'm getting skeeved out just now thinking about it. But I'm like, I think I, the trombone, and I'm like, I'll just stick with drums. And I did like the snare drum for like I, one grade. I feel like, I mean, I'm 46. I'm going to be 46 this year. So like, 42. throughout the 80s, okay, so we're not that far. So throughout the 80s, like, you know, things like that, like hygiene, like it's just, I'm not saying that there wasn't hygiene, but we were certainly a lot less worried about like, viral spreading and stuff like that i mean do you remember like hand sanitizer anywhere no i was actually i I used i would sit in my at work i would sit in a cubicle area and then my coworkers would have this giant thing of perel and every time they would go to the bathroom or go anywhere they just go and and i'm like i would make fun of them because i'm like you guys are such germaphobes and now i'm like and now i'm washing my fucking bananas with soap (laughs) 
what I mean. I'm like, this is kind of well, I mean, somewhat erotic. I, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think we're also living through a world pandemic. So yeah. all, all of that is excuse. I mean, but I mean, before, like in the 80s, it wasn't that big. Still, your friends were right in disinfecting their hands and like, you know. Yeah, the wash your hands, but it, it just seemed a little, it, yeah, it seemed a little bit. Uh, obsessive a little bit, but now it's time, now it's yeah. like a necessity. <laughs> and now it's like good luck finding it, you know. So yeah, we uh, we did we we managed to get a Walmart pickup yesterday, like in like kind of by Wayne, New Jersey area, and then like we so we drove out to there. And we're waiting in the parking lot and there's like some asshole doing like donuts in the parking lot. We're like, what is going on? <laughs> and then, so then we finally got all of our groceries and the ladies put them in the back of the, our, our trunk. My wife's freaking out that the mass is falling off the lady's face. And then we're oh one minute from the house and my four-year-old barfs in the car and like oh. cacks up a hot dog. And we're like, oh God. So I'm like, okay, you bring him into the bag. I'll I'll go wipe down the bags, <laughs> wipe down the oh, car like it's a crime scene. Like I've as I've cleaned up so I, much puke since he's been born that I, it's between this and I the gotta, pandemic. I feel like I can if I can commit a murder, I can probably get away with it. <laughs> dude, I got I got twin boys. And I feel when, you. Man. Well, you remember I told you because you're a twin. Yes, you met my wife when we were at, at Radix Fest. Right. And when one will get sick. You just knew that about a week and a half later, the other one will get sick. So you spent like five days of puke cleaning and then you're like, ah, glad that's over. (laughs) There comes the uh, other one. Oh, and we're back on the horse. So it'll be like one after the other. Like, yeah. So I've cleaned my share of puke and poop and yeah. Well, it's part of being a parent. I mean, yes, I I guess it's, I've always been kind of, yeah, I've been from day one and and funny enough when my kid was born I, with speaking of poop i ended up buying a big box of rubber gloves and masks so that has come in handy <laughs> during this part so i'm like ah he's such, such a novice mask and gloves to clean it's like at first you're like the worst is when you get poop in like your hands you're like oh that first time you're like oh my god oh my and then you're like uh like yeah, like well. the smells are but then like after a while you kind of get used to them. like ah oh, there's shit in underneath my nails whatever as long as i don't you know don't hopefully don't bite my nails <laughs> and then it's and i'm the one, i'm always the one scrubbing out the shit in the clothes when oh, it, like blowouts and it's yeah it's terrible well you know like Boys supposedly also take a little bit longer to potty train. And I tell you, when the, once those kids get, my kids are seven, so okay. a little bit older. They're going to be eight this year. So by, by the time those kids get to go to the bathroom on their own, it's kind of like, ah, oh, this is cool. But then the bathroom gets disgusting. I don't want to even imagine adolescence. So like, I always wanted girls. My wife wanted a boy and she oh. got two. So I'm like, good luck. Just pray that they don't play sports. Because two boys in a room from playing sports oh, yeah. at an age where like their hormones are going crazy. And boys are just, not all the most, are just very careless about and, hygiene. Like, so it's going to be stinky. And my, bro- and my brother and I, we played, we played hockey. So that was like the most expensive sport because it's, the equipment alone is at least $500. Then it's the leagues because you know, our high school didn't have a hockey team. So hopefully they're not. At, like if it's soccer is one thing, at least it's just like... A cup, maybe. Do you even wear cups? I don't even know. 
I think Cubs, Shins, they, they do soccer now, but they're seven. They're like, whatever. Yeah. Um, the hockey, yeah, that's intense because I, I just feel for your parents doing that laundry. Two boys playing hockey. Those hockey that's bags. Just, I still, I have still have the smell of the hockey, the hockey bags. That's and that's when I had hair. like I had long hair too, and everyone thought I was a girl when I was playing because I was down the back, down to my back. They're like, "Wow, that's a good hockey. That's a that girl is really good." Because it was like a co-ed league, and my parents all like overheard parents like, "Oh, that guy's pretty good. Or that girl's pretty good." I'm like, no, that's my kid. <laughs> They're so that league is so inclusive. But no, probably to my parents because they would for hockey, especially we were driving down to Sportorama in Munsey, New York, and it was the the leagues, and the leagues would be at like six a.m. So we have to leave from Goshen, New York. We would have to leave like five a.m. to get down there, and yeah, just like and we, my dad would put on Stephen Wolf, Born to Be Wild every morning, or like every time we would go, we'd just crank it up, and that was like our tradition of going doing a hockey game. I think now that I'm a parent. I can understand why parents do that because it's like, hey, you get up, your kids go to play hockey or like you get to sleep late and God knows what they're doing. So at least you know what they're doing. They're playing a sport. Yeah. They're, you know, they're being part of a team. They're being, they're socializing. Yeah. Maybe it sucks. You have to be up early, but at least they're doing something good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, keeps you out of trouble. It's a sport. It's fine. Yeah. Right now he's, my, my son's been sleeping into like, right now like eight o'clock nine o'clock i'm like oh so yeah so it's what a gift yeah i mean he goes into kindergarten next year so hopefully who who the hell knows actually but uh and he was supposed to have kickball and who don't who knows i don't think that's gonna happen um so yeah it's fun fun times (laughs) so we'll get back to normal times at some point do you do so do you do you work from home like what do you do for a full-time job or anything so i am part stay home and part college professor. I teach at Marist. Oh, okay. So me and my wife, we were in the city. And then like about two years ago, we moved to Hudson Valley. And when we did that move, I used to, I worked at Sony music for like 10, 12 years. Oh, wow. And then when we did the move, it was like, her job is much more stable than me working in the music industry. So we were like, all right, so I'll stay home with the kids. And then, and then I started teaching at Marist. So I, Parts stay home on Sundays, and then I teach. Now I teach from home. Because what do you teach? I teach digital media. I teach a class called Digital Toolbox. So you teach um, most of the stuff from the Adobe Creative Cloud. So Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere. Oh, I know it all. Well. InDesign, I know it, all I know. Stuff. I've, I'm, I'm a video guy. I come from like film school. Okay. And then I went to music school. So like... Photoshop, Illustrator, all that stuff, that's not my forte, but it's introduction to all these softwares. So it's it's kind of like a, a basic introduction. For, I mean, some I've had students that they're like, I had a student who she was like a, a professional photographer in, in China. Wow. And she's like, I'm like, well, you could sleep through the Photoshop section of this <laughs> class. And, and Lightroom, Lightroom too. Them. That's what I use, Lightroom and Photoshop. <laughs> Mainly, but. Yeah, so like she was like, I mean, we teach Photoshop from point of view of like, you know, just getting your your headshots or things like that for your LinkedIn. Right. Um, there's a lot of uh, fashion majors and Maris. They have a great like fashion program, so mm. a lot of these students, you know, by the time they graduate, they can get their portfolios up and running, and you know, be able to edit their pictures, be able to use like um, their phones, use whatever you have to just 
be have presentable digital media online because nowadays i mean this generation is just expected to do everything you know you right. should design your own logo take your own pictures and make them look good shoot your own videos do your own seo and social media and all this stuff so you're kind of expected to do everything it's kind of how it started back when for me is like i had to build your own website and that became like a web designer so that's what i do as my full-time thing right now mm-hmm. or been doing for the same company for 15 years um but yeah and back in college i went to ramapo college and uh for, oh, really? for, for, well, for two years. Yeah. I finished, I got my bachelor's there and I did, so I did some video. That's when I kind of started doing video there. So I was learning about Premiere there a little bit. So I kind of, and then bringing my dad's old little like, Sony little candy cam. It was like mini yeah. eight or one of those things back in 2000, 2001. Yeah. So, I've, so I've been doing Premiere on and off for, for many years. It's, yeah, but pretty much the entire Adobe Cloud stuff I'm very familiar with. I mean, it's only sort of playing around with After Effects lately, with especially with I this podcast. Started, yeah, I started playing around a lot more with it, and um, it's actually a lot of fun. It's actually pretty cool, and um, it's just a beast of a program. It's just you know, like Premiere, you can be up and running, like shoot some video on your phone, edit some stuff. You're editing. Most of us have a basic understanding yeah. of editing just from all the years we have watching movies and TV, you know, um, after effects is like its own kind of thing. But I mean, there's so many resources now, like just go to YouTube and just search and like step-by-step guides and everything. I've been doing Photoshop since high school in like 95, like that, or that's when I probably started like 94, 95, like the first version of it so and, and it I so, so it's like I've I know so much about it but there's still a lot I don't know so, so sometimes I'm like how do you do this because they always update it yeah and it's also like at the end of the day is how does it work for you yeah it's a tool for you what do you need I mean you don't need to become an expert on it you just need to be an expert on what you need from it photoshopping you know, so. Scott members on the Avenger poster like I did last year <laughs> <laughs> nice I've yeah. seen your posters. I've seen some of your designs. Yeah, and you did the Ruben George logo. I did. I did all right? those. I did all those shirts. Yeah, I did the, the yeah, owl yeah. covers and. Uh, and I think you did our, also the poster for our tour when we were going to the Midwest. Yeah, I did that one, and then I did a few just like one-off posters that they wanted me to do for like. Um, um, yeah, I did a couple though. It's like mainly like Ruben George and Pilfers. I did mainly. that stuff but yeah i kind of been dying out lately as far as uh like side work goes because there's no shows (laughs) do i do posters for online shows i know right so like another facebook live section session i mean yeah it'll it'll take a while for us to get back at least music wise it's hopefully sooner than later yeah, I, I honestly, I just don't know what's gonna happen with with it. Everything's a just big question mark, and concerts and sporting events. I just, who the hell knows what's gonna happen? It sucks. Like I, I feel for so many people in the industry, for all industries. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I'm, yeah. you know, even me, I'm kind of fearful because I work for a company that does uh, like home improvement and like showrooms mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I like those. That's usually the first sign. <laughs> when we start start to go with well, like recessions and stuff at least you don't work for the airline industry because 
that's tricky right now. Yeah, well, they just got bailed out. Software so. programming and <laughs> all their clients were airline industry. They're like, yeah, letting it go. So what did you so, do at yeah. Sony Music? I It's funny. I started in Sony uh, working with mobile ringtone production in okay. the early, like 2007, 2006, um, Sony used to all their mobile ringtones were were produced in house, so huh. they would um, they would use the audio, but they would also do MIDI MIDI versions of them. Okay, so like you learn like little yes, MIDI I know, style, yeah, so they like, would do MIDI versions of them, like eight bit kind of exactly. There's only so much you can get out of. So I used to do quality control for that, and then as I think when the iPhone came out, like oh, you could do your ringtone on your phone. So, you know, like Sony kept producing ringtones, but then, so I went then to, to the video side, which was again, quality control for videos from Sony, all the, all the stuff, all the content that was going to like iTunes, uh, going to Vivo, all the content that was going, pretty much most of the video that was being monetized. So for example, so there was a point when kind of the labels who are always a little late to the to what's going on. You don't um, say. Started to like, started to like, oh, we should monetize YouTube. That's true. That's a good idea. And then like, we took a ton of legacy content, like tons of concerts, like Doobie Brothers, Survivor, all this stuff that Doobies. fans nice. had on, on YouTube. So then they were like, yeah, bring that down. We're putting it up. And, you know, we would do quality control, edit some of that, make it look better. And, you know, it's their content, but then they will upload all that stuff out there. And like, so we did quality control for that as well. And so you mainly, would you clean it up or something in premiere or like, or like um, I, with the legacy content, I did some editing and some cleaning up. We use final cut pro. I think I'm trying uh, to remember. I tried using that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out. I, I, used, to, I used to love final cut pro, but I felt like premiere, premiere I was, I felt premiere was easier because I was so familiar with Adobe that was me. I was like backwards from you, but then I got used to Premiere and yeah. it, you get used to it. It's just like, it's just, it's just whenever you feel like the older you get the first time, that first time you see that software, the more like, I don't want to deal with this. It becomes, you know, when you're young, you're just like, Oh cool. A new software. This is how you do this. And then you get older. You're like, can I, I still work in, I still work music production and, and digital performer. It's like me and seven other people that work in digital performers still. It's just because I don't want to like, I don't want to go to another audio program. Like, yeah, I mean, I've worked with Pro Tools, but I'm like, eh, I don't want to go back. To I so, use Audition for my podcast. So it's like, I know okay. some little tweaks in here and there to make it sound, my voice sound a little bit, not as nasally, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how to make like, like this and like phone calls sound a little better, which I think I, I mean, I, I don't know if you listen to any of your podcasts. I mean, I feel like some I, of them. Is I, kind I've, of, heard your, I've heard your podcast. Okay. But it's like, I it's, remember, it's, yeah, I try to clean it up as best I can. They sound good. I mean, I, I, I listen to less podcasts now because I usually listen to podcasts in my car. <laughs> Me too. And I'm not driving <laughs> anywhere. So like whenever I would drive to Maris, like I'm always driving and like, just podcast after podcast, you know? So now I'm like, Oh, I guess I should go back to see, to hear them. But I, I remember you had a really good episode on the Hudson Valley bands. Oh, my friend, Chris. Yeah. I wish we kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of wish we, um, well, that's that when I had really all the playlists and stuff. So it's like, I, I kind of just edited it down just to have Chris and I talking about the scene. 
I'm my my goal is still to talk to some of those bands. Like I want to talk to Perfect Thyroid and and Lounge. I know, and, I know one guy that played with them. His name is Jared. He played trumpet with them. I think towards right. the end. He always used to go to Rook and Bind shows because him and Ben are very good friends. Okay. So, and Ben knew yeah, both of Jared. I think he I think he played in the band I couldn't stand when he used to play at the chance all the time. And that's that, that's how we became Facebook friends. It was, uh, awesome. it was awesome Mothra. I think he was in Mothra, I think it was a band. And it was I like the singer looked like Meatloaf. He had like really long hair and like it was just oh, the the chance would are notorious just dumping all these local bands in front of like Perfect Thyroid and Ennis Goldfish and all these other like ska bands. So we would be and it would be a mixed mixed lineup of different types of genres so it's so it's sometimes you would there's certain bands local bands that i like so other bands i was like oh god not these fucking bands <laughs> i was talking with ben a while back because we were we were talking about that that podcast that episode yeah and and I, and I was like dude like he knows most a lot of those people and i was like yo where are all those people like because i'm always like if I'm playing one particular type of music, like I'm always like, okay, where are the other people who play this? And let's do shows together. Because that's the only way you can really do shows. This whole like, oh, you can play at 9 a.m. and then like some other band will play. It just doesn't really work. It's better when like, if like, oh, we're doing a ska show, well, let's get two other ska bands and let's do our own show, you know? And so it's always like, where are the other bands? And a lot of those guys, like, I think they're around. They just, a lot of them probably don't even, some of them don't want to play music or too busy for music or maybe would be down to just jump back in. Yeah. It's like they do. I mean, it's, it's with the older bands, it's, we're all older. So it's, you gotta do kind of just weekend warrior type shows and just do a one-offs and reunions and reunions kind of shows. And that's how, but yeah, it's like, I remember seeing lots of shows in, in my town of like Chester and Goshen just, they would be in parking lots. They would be in arcades and it's just kind of, they nice. don't kind of do any shows, but in then skaters world too. in, in Wayne, New Jersey, uh, which I just made a shirt for plug, plug. Yep. I saw that. I saw that shirt. <laughs> but yeah, it was like super Americana, all these shows in a parking lot shows like, you know, arcades. That was, that's awesome. Pizza that parlors. Really yeah. Cool. Bowling alleys skating rings and those are actually the, the ones that i remember the most that skaters world was like some of my fondest memories playing arcade pinball with endless goldfish as as we're waiting for as we're listening to other bands playing as like siren six playing or something we're playing with endless goldfish and and others that's really cool though. that's really cool and I, I think like a lot of like that 80s and late 70s like punk scene and hardcore american punk uh the american hardcore scene like they really like capitalize on that, like doing shows in churches, doing shows like American Legion halls. Yeah. You know, DIY, like, yeah, we'll do it. We'll just take care of it. We'll do our own everything, you know, and you know, kids all ages could go to the shows and it's just live music for everybody. I just, yeah, it doesn't really seem to be happening as much as it used to back in the nineties and two thousands because it's probably like permits now and no noise complaints and yeah. Yeah, and it's I, I see it like certain bars like in Jersey City. I, there were some bars that would have like a one or two bands playing, or but it's just it's not as yeah. much as it used to be. Yeah. Well, there there there's a, a particular social aspect to all of that, you know. I mean, there's what you're talking about, which is kind of like the American suburbia of like 
being able to have these shows at these venues and you know and then there's like the inner city you know social aspect you know like of williamsburg in the early 90s you know there was just space where you could make a lot of noise yeah. a space where you could rent really cheap and just yeah whatever just plug to the wall and do whatever the hell you want with your friends but then you go to williamsburg now and even actual venues have to lower the music yeah you know so it's like that's why people always like kind of like sometimes trying to find what's the next kind of like the next step there was a great article that david byrne wrote i think for the new york times a while back and he was talking about like leaving new york like where am i going because all my friends are gone and you know and he mentioned a couple of places like he mentioned poughkeepsie he mentioned hudson new york and he mentioned um <clears throat> who's he, he mentioned another town like he's like all my a lot of my friends have moved to these places are these you know the next places that will be you know happening and you think of I don't know about Hudson, New York, but you think about Poughkeepsie, you know, and it's the same social aspect, poverty, place where you can go and like rent is cheap. But even that, I don't know if it's really going to happen. Look at Detroit. They've been yeah. bringing Detroit for years, you know. It's uh, yeah, a, a podcast or two ago where I was, we told, I told a story about seeing David Byrne in Middletown, New York. He was at the Galleria. And we're like, really? and he was wearing like a white suit. I'm like, so it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I'm like, maybe he did move up to that area in the Hudson Valley. Well, he mentioned the fact that he was living in Williamsburg and he owned an, a condo in one of those fancy condos. And he, he talks, he's not bragging. He's just like, I was lucky enough to be able to afford a place like this. But he's like, I don't even see my neighbors. It's all owned by like foreign you know, nationals, like Russians or Chinese or whatever. He's like, I don't even see these people. I don't even know who my neighbors are. I can't like walk down the block and like go see new fresh bands, you know, seeing what's happening. So like his whole thing is like, and half of most of my friends left. So what am I going to do? Cause New York starts. And then he did a Broadway show. So I don't know. I guess he stayed. Yeah. That's quite a, quite a popular Broadway show that was, I think it's like $500 a ticket and Spike Lee's now doing it. A- concert film for it <laughs> no it's, i'm i'm glad he's doing all that stuff he's always producing yeah so like him or not he's always doing work he's kind of like that that guy that now has money for all his crazy ideas that he comes up with you know? um besides doing music what have you been doing else else while you're in quarantine anything else besides just doing music and homeschooling or are you, are you able to buy are you able to buy food because i've been having a problem with that and well we we haven't had a ton i mean i live we have a little space you know we have yeah. a couple of acres so we can like stretch out and run around and whatever so that's good I having I, kids were able that, to yeah. like do, do stuff um in terms of getting food and stuff like that like our local supermarket's been pretty good you know um stop and shop in Peekskill. I go, but, but I go, I try to go like once every two weeks. Like we try to like stock up, freeze food and like, just don't go back out there. We just, and just we, yeah, we just, we just got a big, big shipment because we were starting to, cause we, we started before they closed things down. So we went, the last time we were in the store, which is still, I mean, was March 12th. And now it's like, a now it's, so it's been a month we haven't been inside. So we still technically haven't been inside somewhere because we did the pickup. We, we, we managed to do two Whole Food pickups, 
but then we haven't been able to get any other Instacart. I tried doing Instacart. I had first it got canceled or first it got postponed. And then they're like, okay. So I'm like, at least it's a couple of days. And then it got outright canceled. So it's like it down, I live in Ridgewood, New Jersey. So it's a little more condensed, I guess, um, in Bergen yeah. County is especially. So it's been tough trying to, and then I managed to find a Walmart pickup that was 20 something minutes away. So that was, we were lucky Have to get that. that. Well, you, you grew up in Goshen, you said? Yeah. There's a big Walmart there in Monroe. Yeah. We we shopped that, there too, yeah. yeah Which we were thinking of because uh, my wife's parents like uh, live in that area, so. Because that's like a mega center, so for pickups, like before the quarantine started, we did a pickup over there and it was okay. Yeah. Um, but then you know, stuff has been a little crazy, but we you know we go like every two weeks really, and we just just freeze a lot of meat and. We eat a lot of meat. So yeah. like, my freezer, my freezer's packed now because my wife went a little crazy and got the Boldor. So it's like they no. they usually they usually ship to restaurants, but they're doing it to people. So you had to you have yeah. to spend two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, so you have to spend two hundred fifty dollars. So we ended up getting like fifty pounds of flour. <laughs> like, yeah, like twenty pounds of meat. Honestly, you kind of have to in a way. Now. Yeah, because like, we're like we're not going anywhere. We're I'm like I have like I I've been I've been technically home working from home for five months now for having a medical issue, uh, condition thing. Like I ended up having a seizure, so it's um, oh, really? so I haven't been able to drive. So in a way, it's kind of it feels like I'm an inmate, and then being told that you can drive in six months, and then. Oh no! You have another year. <laughs> you have to be another year in prison. So I'm kind of like starting slowly moving. Moving. So how's your kid dealing with this? Because I know he's not in school, right? How's well, he dealing with it? He we have a balcony, so that's good. At least that we can at least go out there. And but we used to go on some walks, but then it was like Ridgewood is so there's just everyone's just walking. So we just got mm-hmm. kind of fed up, and it just felt like playing a game of chicken of trying like, are you going to move or are we going to move? And <laughs> And so he hasn't been really out of the house besides puking in my but, car. But at least he's not in, he's not in school. So he's, he's in daycare. Like, so he has, oh, he is in daycare. Yeah. So, so he so, notices that he's not going to daycare. Yeah. So he knows something's not up. I'm like, there's a sickness going on. You can't be around people and you have to be inside. Yeah. And, um, but he has kind of like video chat. They do kind of like zoom things like one or yeah. two a day, but it's still, it's not enough. So my wife and I have been working from home. So we're kind of just, losing our minds a little bit yeah, like, yeah. like oh here's here's the babysitter the tv and <laughs> yeah, i mean well the whole idea of like work from home and you can take care of the kids is a that that doesn't exist like the whole like oh i work from home so i'll take care of the kids oh you won't no you, you can't do both you could do it I, for, for half the day you, you, i can get away with it but it's as far as my job goes and and uh, just like as what he can do, like, oh, he'll just watch TV. But after a while, it's like, so now I'm trying to like, okay, here's a list of I spy. You got to go find all this stuff, try to make it harder. I'm like, all right, you got to wait till the window to find a plane to fly by. <laughs> so it's like, give <laughs> like tasks to do. That's a hard one nowadays. That's a really hard one to find a plane. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Like my kids, they're, they're home. And then like they had their first Zoom meeting, like, I guess, a week or so after the whole thing they were home and the f- their faces 
the joy in these kids to see each other and see their classmates yeah. was like so sad and like oh wow that's terrible like they're i took a picture of them because they were so happy to see like their classes they're only in second grade but like they really miss their friends like yeah. they miss the normalcy of getting on the bus going to school playing with their friends coming back home then the next day the, the weekend it's like more exciting than just like is it thursday or saturday i don't know it doesn't matter yeah we're like it's tuesday today right um, yeah i think it's, <laughs> it's like whatever that's yeah. when you told me like let me know if you're free i'm like pick a night you know? <laughs> what i do at night i chat with a bunch of my friends we always we have a zoom group and like same thing just talk about like stupid shit you know, yeah just get our minds of everything yeah i was Stump gonna shit. i was gonna see about doing like a zoom a zoom chat with rude boy george but then i'm like i think you need i think it only goes to like 40 minutes for the free version i think yeah i think so, but so we do we do just facebook oh okay we just we do like a facebook chat and i mean we don't go too long but like yeah we can I do yeah, that with family, but it's like, I don't want my family, which my family messaged me as I'm doing this now. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. So, yeah, but, um, you know, I mean, yeah. this works fine. I mean, there's plenty of free choices. Yeah. I, mean, free. I, I think the whole thing with Zoom is that you can change your background and stuff. Yeah. And we have, like, we have micro Microsoft Teams for work. So I kind of start doing that for, uh, for when we have our meetings. <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. pr president of the company's like watch like the, I'm friends with the president, but he's he's on a, the call. I didn't know he was, and I was doing puppet puppet shows <laughs> with because I was in my son's room, so I had his dolls. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit, sorry. My like, guy, ah, he would find that funny, but yeah, it is funny. I mean, everybody's trying to just chill out and have fun and laugh. I mean, what are you gonna do? Um. So, I mean, how did how did you join Rude Boy George? I know they had like auditions. I talked to Roger; he was like my first guest, like official guest. I heard that podcast. He has some nice words to say. Yeah, Roger came to my um, place in Jersey City. Yeah, nice. Um, I when I move up here, I wherever I go, I started looking for bands. I mean, I lived in Boston. I went to music school in Boston and started a band. I went to Abu Dhabi. I was playing with some guys they were terrible though what kind of band and was so it when I moved, what kind of band was it there it was just rock Abu Dhabi's oh, okay. just filled with expats everybody's from all okay. over the world yeah so like um so here you know I started trying to get something going so I posted something on Craigslist and then Mark messaged me and I was like oh shit I, yeah I know Ruby George you know I've heard of you guys and then I was like, you do know I live like an hour away. <laughs> but they were like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Everybody lives far away. So they asked me to sub because Jesse, he was, he had his daughter. Yeah. She was young. So he lived in Connecticut. It was a crazy commute. So they were like, you know, just in case, will you be down to sub? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just down to play. Sure. And then like a little bit after that, he was like, honestly, it's just, it's just crazy. So like. So they're like, hey, want to be the guitars? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then Roger told you that story. Then like they needed a drummer. And then I I got my friend Lucas. I met Lucas in Boston. We had a reggae band. We started a reggae band back in 2004 called El Pueblo. Okay. And then we we played with that band, an instrumental reggae band. Then we came to New York because he moved back to he moved to New York. I was coming back to New York. And then we kept the band going for a number of years. We play a lot throughout the city. It was like an instrumental reggae, jazz band. We did like two albums. 
Cool. And then it kind of fizzled. My wife got was pregnant with kids, and nothing bad happened. It was just like, eh, you know, yeah. everybody. And it kind of ran its course, quite frankly. Like we didn't get into like you know we were too reggae for the jazz crew or like improv crew, and too too jazzy for the reggae crew. Yeah. Plus New York. Plus the New York reggae scene is like kind of weird. Well, you could like be weird. like Candiria and it'd be like metal and jazz. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's just New York is weird too when it comes to things like that because like like we play shows like we play one show with the dirt, dirt the dirty heads from the West Coast. Yep, like a big rock reggae, reggae band. Yeah, reggae heads. rock. Yeah. And uh, who's the other band? I'm not gonna remember, but they were pretty big. They were really cool people. And all of a sudden, we're playing this show in this venue, and I swear to God, I felt like you were in California. I'm like, where all these Californian people come from? It was just like New Yorkers, I guess. The reggae rock brings the crowds. Like it was. That's the one of the things. All the shows I was planning on going to this year was like those shows at like Asbury Park and on Pier 17. I think was like Stick Figure and all those. Yeah, it's huge. Like Pepper, the Green. I mean, although the Green, they're from like. Iration is my favorite. Iration is my favorite out of. Iration is amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I do like Iration. I mean, it it feels like a lot of these bands are getting lumped in because, again, like you look at something like John Brown's Body, it's Mm kind of lumped in there, but they're not really like a rock reggae California sound. They're not like Pepper or the Dirty Heads or like. like, Oh, if they're white and reggae, they're clumped in together, and it's like, well, Iration, they're just like Hawaiian and. (laughs) Iration is like an. A reggae band, period. You know, but I think. they're kind of they have a bit of a pop sound to them, so they're kind of. It seems like the last two records are kind of branching out a little bit, which I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like it, like it other from oh, other nice. people. Yeah, but so, so then I started playing with with, with Rubo George, and my our first show was at a Supernova, which oh, is was it? really oh. cool. Wow. Yeah, and then like it was kind of opened myself up to the ska scene that I didn't think existed. I was like, we're playing a ska festival. Okay. I was like, holy shit, people are here. That's awesome. And like, and, and, and it got me more into, into ska. I, I, I've, I've been listening to reggae music since like the eighties. So okay. I'm like a reggae guy that appreciates ska versus I, I feel like there's a lot of ska people that are like ska people that appreciate reggae, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with either one. I started out, with, I started out punk kind of did my dad my dad got bob marley at a garage sale cd so i got the legend and then i kind of went into ska from there <laughs> well anybody that gets to bob marley enough which is what happened to me well the more you look into bob marley you're gonna hit ska yeah because you're gonna have to go back this is so down forward, you know you're gonna go back and then you're like oh and then there's ska and then any interviews you're gonna hear him talk about ska and bunny whaler's gonna talk about ska and peter touch they're all gonna talk about ska so it's hard not to appreciate. I mean, you're going to get to it at some point. And then, you know, the whole, through, you know, through layers of Scott, it's a whole other topic, you know, especially like the whole Scott scene in, in the U.S. But, you know, it's nice that we have different groups to pick. But that's when I got more into Scott. So, I mean, I did listen to Scott in like the 90s. You know, you're no doubt, you're less than Jake and all those guys. And like, but, um, the Boston's, but it was more like, um, I was a little bit more into like earlier stuff again from that. Did you get to see the Boston's when you went to college in Boston? No. Or or you weren't into Scott then? 
No, I was that was a very heavy reggae dub, very big into dub, and I think they used to play that December show, and I was in the city, and I would always come back to the city for the holidays. Oh right, yeah, um, they went home for that. There was a couple of reggae bands in Boston at the time. One, I don't remember their names, but there was a bit of a reggae scene in Boston at that time. And then me, me and my friend did our own thing, and we played a bit in Boston. Um, and then, but more, yeah, I mean, and even in New York, there was a bit of a scene. There's always been, it's just reggae is like, I feel like reggae is very sectioned, you know? And that's what happened with Scott, where Scott could just be like, it's just going to be suburb music and that's it. And I feel like reggae, that's why there's rock reggae and reggae, where it's not like, it's just reggae. No, it's not. It's just like lovers rock. There's the dance hall, which I, I don't really care too much about the dance hall, but I like the like I like the more roots reggae kind of Dennis Brown that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then there's also in the city, and it has to be mentioned, there's like a bit of a racial divide. You know, like Jamaican bands don't really play with the rock reggae bands, or like, except the big artists. You know, yeah. not that, not that they're like, oh, I'm not playing with you, but more like they just don't get. They just not events where they play together. So we actually at Pueblo got to play with a couple of like actual Jamaican bands and, and it was really cool. It was cool to to play with those bands and and, and them appreciate us as like as non Jamaicans and be like, Hey, you guys can actually play it. Cool. You know. <laughs> it's like the same thing we happened we played the Vermont Reggae Festival back in two thousand six. And there's a big Kind of big, but not that known. This Jamaican man called the Itals. I'm a fan of them, and I've we play with them. Yeah. yeah, the Itals, and they were like, they were like, "Hey, man, that's weird. You guys can play." I'm like, "How is this weird? There's tons of non-Jamaicans playing reggae, man." They're like, "Yeah, but it's it was good." I'm like, "All right, well, we practice." <laughs> you know, like, so it's nice to see that that kind of. I feel like that cultural exchange doesn't happen as much. I mean, in in reggae. Last, I think the last reggae show I went to, besides Iration, was Steel Pulse, and they was they played at uh, I think it was BB King's before that closed down, and I was like shooting photos, and and I think some, and I was stand, it was like I was I'm so short compared to everyone else, so I'm like trying to take pictures in the crowd. And there's some guy that like lifted his hand up like to tell me to stop. And it was like getting in my face. I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I thought reggae was supposed to be love, love and everything. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get killed. And I'm like, fuck this. So I ended up like finding his step and then shooting there from like my, tele- my, my telephoto. And a steel pole show. I know. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I thought this was like one love. <laughs> That's what I mean. And I know what reggae shows too is that they would go on so late too. And like, so like, unless there, if, unless there was like one opener and then you know they're going on nine o'clock. So at least they get the headliner going at nine o'clock. But they go on whenever. I remember seeing, whenever. I remember seeing Bad Brains. It was like they, they came out in reunion for Soul Brains. And it was like, I don't know, the late 90s, early 2000s. But they went on so late that I think I maybe saw two songs and I'm like, I have to go. Cause I was like, I had a class the next day. But I'm like, I hate, I hate, I hate shows like that. <laughs> and that's not just the reggae I saw, shows. I saw BB Kings. I saw Israel vibrations many years ago. And that was a lot of fun. That was a decent that club that closed down, but I can never had no, had no cell service down there at all. And they had, 
they had the one guy that was a bathroom attendant guide and I didn't like I didn't want to go in there at all because I didn't feel like, like having to like oh this guy's gonna hear me go to the bathroom. <laughs> It's like it was the curb episode. Curb your enthusiasm had a thing about it this it, this season. It's like, dude, I can get my own towel. It's yeah, okay. I can, I can dry my hands. Here it's it is. weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Here's here's so, a dollar for he- hearing me shit. <laughs> and also, like, there's usually like the bottles of perfume. Like, who the fuck? Like, oh, let me freshen up. Oh, I'll draw a car. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's like. You can you can clean up the bathrooms after the show. It's great. You know we don't need you here during just to go pee. So it's like it's like okay, I'm gonna tip you this one time, and then the less the time I have to go pee, I'm not gonna go tip you. So just hope you don't get offended. <laughs> it's, it's a weird. It's it's a weird like. I'm glad I'm glad Larry David finally did it in an episode because it was definitely like I I feel like parts of me is, is I'm like living in a curb episode. Um, That's the genies of Larry David. Yeah. So before you before this whole pandemic happened, you guys were recording new music, right, for Rubber George? Yes, we were. And you did some um, online poll for some eighty songs. Some of them a little bit more not as known to me, I guess. But I know, like, I I think Overkill Meta Work won out, so I was happy about that because I like that one. Um, we doing a. F- Five songs. We recorded most of it actually. Oh, good. So luckily, we got most. I think Jenny and Rob has some parts to do, but most of it is done. I think James is going to mix, so we might be able to release it hopefully very soon. Okay. I mean, I mean, even if you had to go, can you do your like the members' parts at home, or you have to go to the studio to do that? And, well, and no, can you? I mean, at, and during this time. If people have gear at home, you know, they do. But things like um, most music, but especially reggae, you don't want to record. You definitely want to record bass, drums, and at least either piano or guitar right there. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. We we recorded bass, drums, guitar, and piano. And Roger was there kind of giving us the vocals as a guide. Mm -hmm. And then... That was it. We just ran through all the tracks, and then um, it was like five, I think. And then um, Roger went back and did his part. I think Jenny and Rob got some more parts, but I think whatever they need to do, I think they can do at home. They're actually going to record some stuff for what I'm doing. They're going to help me out record some horns for some of the stuff I'm doing, and um, so they can they can actually record at home. But something like drums, okay. like. Plus, what we record in the studio, James, that studio drums sound amazing. It's an amazing room for recording drums. So, yeah, it's it's definitely worth it doing it there. But we recorded most of it, so I think we'll be able to release fairly soon. Oh, and you're also doing a re-release of Jesus is My Friend, right? With Sun, the guy from Sunseed, right? We did re- we did record that. Nice. He was there. He's a, He's from Middletown, New York. Wait, he lives in Middletown, New York or Middletown, New Jersey? He, he lives in Middletown, New York. Holy shit, I didn't really? know that. I, that's He's a I, really nice dude. He's a really nice dude. I lived he's, there for um, like 10 years after I lived in Goshen. He's actually, like we kind of all kind of became buddies with him. I think it's past the song where it's now like, because we played a song with him in England at Specialized yeah. two years ago. And we partying with him and his wife. They're like super cool. And then like... There's just kind of be 
he's like a friend now. So That's we great. just kind of like hang out. Like, so it's nice that we did the song and, and he came down and recorded and like, he, yeah, he lives in Middletown. He's a cool dude. Wow. Super cool dude. That's funny. Killer bassist. Killer bassist too. Yeah. That really was like nice. a highlight for Radics West. That, that was, that was fun. <laughs> Cause I yeah, didn't get, to, yeah, I didn't get to see it when when you guys did it first time and over in England, obviously. I know Roger and Mark wanted me to come over, but I was like, oh, I can't. <laughs> you should go to Specialize. It's like, dude, it's like two tone reunion. Yeah, you go once, and everybody's like super nice, everybody's cool, and then you go a second time, and it's like a fucking family reunion. I gotta show you one thing. I gotta Specialize. Hold on. Okay, hold on. All right. Do, 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 do. So this, they, they auction a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So I won this clock and it's signed by Kicks from Madness. Oh, wow. Nice. So Scott. he actually signed so, it. So. so so Robert showed me a Scott checkered kind of clock and it's autographed. Two-tone. And it's signed by Kicks. Nice. And um, there's like, I mean... If you want like clothing, I mean, if you go take an empty suitcase and a lot of cash, because when it comes to like getting like Relco shirts, jackets, um, sorry. when it comes to getting uh, shirts, jackets, shoes, like, I mean, everything, Trojan clothing. Um, I mean, it's, it's insane. It's like so cool. There's like in the, and also you, there's so many people from like, from the time. You know, people that were kids like watching the specials when they were like 18 right and they're there and so like there's it, it's almost like a big family show and it's it's just it's just a lot of fun and it's a great cause too it's a really great cause so yeah i did buy lot. i did buy the one that was i think it was the bob marley the bob marley one um those the four discs with like pilfers were on it i think you guys were on it i don't know if you i don't think you played i wasn't, I wasn't yeah no, you were no. Um, but I did, did buy that uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. The, but if you can ever make your way, the only thing is that it's far from London. It's like two hours from London, but some people like hub city stompers play last year. They just right. rented a van on the other side and drove all the way down there. <laughs> like, I've been to, I've been to London for shows because in 2000, 2005, um, my favorite bands, the levelers and the pogues were playing at the same time around London. So I'm like, I'm got, I gotta go. So I ended That's up cool. getting, I ended up having money to do it. Um, so I ended up going that year and then when saw them at Shepherd's Bush, saw it, saw them at, uh, I ended up actually seeing more than, we ended up seeing more shows. I saw the Saw, saw Doctors from Ireland play there. And then we saw Little Britain, like the show Little Britain. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they had a live show tour there that they would all like kind of like kids in a hole sketch comedy kind of. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I we saw that at um, Apollo Hammersmith or something like that. But yeah, so so we did that back to back years. And my last my last time I've been to London was 20, uh, 2012 to see the Lovelers play again. But um, but I would just go over there cause they would never come over here and play. And the, the last time yeah. they came, so they finally came over here in 2016. Um, which is like, I could, could tell why they don't come, come here because it's like, they're playing sold out venues in London and come play. They can barely fill up Bowery ballroom. And like, <laughs> it's like I all the, exp it's, it's all the, like the expats and it come, they go out to the shows, but it's well, frustrating. It's so much fun for a fan when it's so empty. <laughs> selfishly you know yeah it's like us having a personal show but 
But I I, ver- I know very well like going over to London and just buying so much stuff. I ended up buying like in Camden, I, in Camden Town, I bought like Doc Martens. But I didn't I I, I I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try the the maroon the maroon oxblood ones, and I'm like, I look like Ronald McDonald. I can't I can't pull this off. <laughs> so I ended up selling them. I ended up selling them on eBay after I like, got home. I'm, like, I'm fine with just black black docks. That's funny. When I go the both times we've been, like I just like because I teach and I also like you know that's the thing about when you teach. Like you have all this extra time off in the summer or whatever, but when you teach, you can't just take off. So I would like red eye it, like take off like Thursday night, get to London Friday morning, right. meet up with the band. We we get on a van, drive down there, and play that first night. Wow! We just and I just yeah. Once we play, it's just like party it up and then just sleep at night. I can't sleep on the plane over there. It's just that's my problem. Yeah. Also. Which is where I found out about Little Britain. The first time I went over there, I was watching and I had tears in my eyes laughing as everyone's just sleeping. I'm trying to hold in the laughter on the plane because I'm watching the, 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 the show on the TV uh, yeah, on the plane. It's um, cool. But yeah, and then we would just try to stay up as long as we could. And then I remember going to see the Levelers in 2012 when I was in no I maybe a half hour of sleep and I was just like, just wise, wide open of like, I got I to gotta make it. I got to make it. And then I was shooting the show too, and it's a lot different over there than it is here because you have to, you have to go first. You have to go get your photo pass on another backstage side door for the venue, and then you have to deposit your camera afterwards to security. And I, I bought a ticket just on the safe side too, so it's like going at this hassle. So I ended up missing like two or three songs. So you have to. The posse of camera ones. Yeah, it's it's like a through. European thing because I tr- I shot Jesus and Mary Chain on the specials at Brooklyn Steel in Brooklyn, and they wanted us to do that too. And I think I snuck back into the crowd and before they can get me. <laughs> but <laughs> um, what did they do with the camera? They just they just leave it there because they don't want you to take pictures after the third song, which is just the whole oh. it's the whole third song thing. So I'm like, you can take it. I have a ticket. My ticket's up in the in the balcony. Um, so it's like, it's like, and then so you, every security person you see, like, you can't have that here, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, I I have a ticket. It's like you gotta go down to security. So it's just like this huge run around, and just like so I'm like, all right, next time I'm just gonna be a fan and just pay the ticket and go. Just take pictures for your cell phone. Yeah, just my cell phone. It's just I know it's just so stupid to begin with that like cell phones can take some decent stuff now and you have a professional thing and you can't take it after the third song. That's so weird. And then all the cameras just sit there till the end of the show. Yeah. And then I'm worried that like my camera's stolen or like just like it's closed up and I have to go the next day and like Shepherd Bush is not a like a pleasant area. <laughs> it's like, oh, weird. And then it's so, also they also have a curfew too with the, with the tube It's like once it, the shows are done at 1130, everyone books it to the tube because there's like one last time. And I think the first time I went in 2005, I was invited to the after show for the leveler. So I was like kind of hanging, hanging back and kind of awkwardly talking to the members. But then we had to take a cat, like a black cab home because all the tube was like shut down. It was like past midnight. But it's like, it's a lot different. Yeah. It's it's a lot, a lot different down there, but it was, it was an experience. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's an awesome city. But I'm like, if I would go 
I would I, honestly, I would move to London if I could. But if I would, if I had to go see another show over there, I would probably pick maybe a different country just because I've been to England so many times. It makes sense. Yeah, like, I'm dying to go to Ireland and Scotland. I saw I saw a show in Ireland. Yeah, I saw Shane McGowan um, and like an Irish show. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I like Dublin. It was I was okay. Um, it was kind of touristy. I liked if the, there was like free museums and, and I liked the outskirts of Dublin the best for Ireland. Yeah, um, we like we saw like Enya's house and <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis's house and Enya's house. Hey man, I'm like I love your music. <laughs> you just dated yourself there with Enya. I did not. She's it's so nineties. Enya, come on. Who can say? <laughs> um. So, I mean, what other bands have you been besides the ones you? Were you in any like well, bands in high school? Well, uh, no, I, I didn't grow up in the U.S. I was born in the U.S., but I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. And okay. um, and back in the Dominican Republic, I mean, there were bands. I grew up in a small town, so there wasn't, like, like a lot of rock bands. There was, like, seven metalheads and five skaters. And that was <laughs> In the whole country? Huh? In the whole country? No, 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 in my hometown. Oh, okay. In my country, there was probably, like, 50. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> No, there wasn't a lot. Um, metal was kind of big, but so I used to play just acoustic with my friend. We had like our little acoustic band, and then we just play Iron Maiden tunes and shit nice. like that. But when I finally stayed in the U.S., I used to come every summer because I grew up over there. But we'll come here when I stay here. Then like by like mid nineties, I was playing a bit with the Latin rock scene in New York. By that time, it was kind of like a growing scene, rock and espanol scene. And then I played with a couple of bands then. Um, and one particular band we played just throughout the city. There was a lot of couple, a lot of places to play. There was an audience. It was fun. Um, out of that, I mean, it was like just Latin rock was everything. It was just Latin people that with electric guitars. And that included like reggae, ska, cumbia, metal, thrash and goth <laughs> like everything all <laughs> thrown in as long as it was like latin people and like spanish and like and then you had an electric guitar it was a go so that that was kind of like a fun scene i mean out of that no only one band you could say kind of came out and this is probably the biggest like latin ska band in new york called king chungo yep and I don't know if you heard of them. They were, I, I think they had some songs with Moon Sky Records. Yeah, I saw them play songs. once, I think, with the Pilfers and Specials, I think, in Port Chester. Yeah, and the they were in that rock scene, which is interesting because they weren't really a rock band, but everything was kind they of were like... Kind of, yeah, they were very a hybrid of a few different things because they weren't like... They were, I remember they had the music video on like 120 Minutes... And, yeah, yeah. That was like out of that scene in New York. That was probably like the only band that really like expanded in the New York in that scene. And they were a little bit <clears throat> older than me, so they were there before. And and they did amazing. I mean, I'm friends with the drummer Lisa Sus, and we played in a couple other bands together. So I would always ask him stories because because I, I actually like had the Kinchango cassette that I had bought like back then. So I always joke with him, like, still got the cassette. <laughs> He's like, 
cool, you know. I still got but some then, cassettes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, the singer passed away, Blanquito Man. Right, years yeah, ago. yeah, I was going to, yeah. yeah. But out of that scene, I mean, we played a bunch. I met him a couple of times because he would sometimes go to those shop, those rock, Latin rock shows. and But in that scene, no one really, like, nothing really kind of, like, other than them. But they were way ahead, I think, mentally. And, like, he, they just knew what they were doing in the sense of, like, promotional-wise. They were all great musicians. But also, I think they had a good vision of, like, what they wanted to do and took advantage of what they were doing at the time. But... Rocking Espanol, we played all throughout the city, D.C., Baltimore, all these places. And there will always be kind of like pockets of like <clears throat> Rocking Espanol kind of thing, places. And um, <clears throat> But I played with that for a bit. And then like, and then I played with a couple other bands, um, like funk, and then it was like Latin funk. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Boston to study music because <clears throat> by that time I was like, I, I just didn't want to be a grown up. So I was like, oh, man, I can go to... <laughs> I don't want to grow up. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> well, I always wanted to go to Berkeley, so it was like a thing, and like it was fun to go to Berkeley. And then, pretty much after that, like I, and at that time, that Croquet Espanol scene, there was a lot of ska, which is interesting because, I mean, I think you mentioned in one of your podcasts uh, something about like how so much of the Latin, yeah, I was going to mention York that, yeah, they, they in a way a they kept it ska. alive, yeah, and this, um. It's a couple of things. One, like, sky's huge in Latin America, especially places like uh, Mexico, you know. Where's Los Fabulous big... Cadillacs from that band? Argentina. Oh, okay. Argentina. I like the they're one, amazing, El, Mat- really. uh, El Matador. Yeah, they're legendary. And they're, um, but also, like, in that Froca Espanol scene, like, um, Sky was kind of almost like a part of it. Like reggae a little, but ska was almost like almost most bands that were not like trap, like thrash metal or like hardcore, like hair metal. If they were mixing rock with Latin music and, and some pop sensibilities, they all had a ska song. Pretty much, they all they all did. So ska Ricky was like, Martin, Vida <laughs> <laughs> Loca. <laughs> but they um. And I think once some of that scene kind of died out, that rock and Espanol scene kind of died out, I think a lot of those people kind of moved on to like the ska or just disappeared from yeah. music. You know, like if you see like, I think it's uh, the guitarist from Meph, Mephiscopheles. Uh, what's his name? I forget Andy? his name. I think he's Andy. Yeah, he yeah. used to play with a, he comes from that. He's a little bit younger than me, I think. But uh, he was from a rock and Espanol band called Cofre. And they used to do a lot. They were doing like more like ska by that point, yeah. yeah. But there was there was a couple other guys. Um, and yeah, ska when reggae was kind of like a big, mostly ska was a big part. For some reason, all those bands kind of like. And it was, it was also around that time when like the big American third wave, you know, was going on, and the Boston's were on MTV and all this other stuff. So, and all the other bands, you know, Real Big Fish and all that stuff. So. So I mean, wh- for some reason that was a big part. So it seems like you have a, it seems like lately it's been instrumental bands with you. I mean, what is it that you just like that instrumental sound or you just can't find a singer or I hate just, singers? I, I like singers. <laughs> Fucking egos or something? Roger? <laughs> no, 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 not Roger. No, Roger is like the I fucking know, man. I busted. Roger, Roger's the shit. Oh man, whenever we travel, I fucking party my ass off with Roger. It's so much fun. No, um, it's hard finding singers because 
I always used to joke around and I can't sing and I've tried, but it's just not there. And so I think that I, I always joke with friends in bands. I'm like, you know, never trust the music, the person that's not carrying an instrument because they're going to be an asshole. <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. However, it's, it's just a dig at singers. No, it's hard finding singers, it's, yeah. especially something like, like, especially reggae, where it's like, oh, this guy doesn't have dreads. He can't be a reggae singer. Well, like, who gives a fuck? Or it's like, the person doesn't have dreads, but wants to start talking with a fucking Jamaican accent, which you're like, shut up. You're from Jersey. <laughs> you know, like, or you're from what Connecticut. So it's hard in those kind of genres. And in ska, it's like, oh, I'll be the singer of the ska band. Sure. Let me ska it up. Pick it up. <laughs> pick it up. Oi, oi, oi. You don't... You, those bands are brand new. You just got them. You know, like you can just see it. So like, in, in, so it's hard. It's, and it's hard to sing. It's really hard because you got to be a singer and you got to be a front person. And by the way, um, there's not a whole lot of singers that are good front people. And I will dare, I will say that Roger and Jenny are two great front people. Yeah, they, they move singer, around and... And they get going, as, as so. a photographer, I cannot stand that singers just sit still. It's it's after a while. It's like the, some of the opening bands where they're just sitting there. I'm like, all right, one song's good enough. <laughs> You're not moving. Singing is hard enough, but like you got to be a singer and a front person, mm-hmm. especially in danceable music, you know. It's interesting, Celine Dion shit. I mean, I don't know. But like, if it's like music, you want to get the people going, you got to be a front person. And that's a skill on his own. <laughs> that's like yep. his whole, a whole skill set, you know. So it's hard finding singers. And, and sometimes, um, so um, I'm always down to work with singers, but it's hard. It's hard finding. So, I mean, you, you're releasing instrumental music, but, but if you have come across a singer that you like, where you like, hey, will you lay down these tracks? Or, or, Absolutely. Or, 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 or is this just dedicated to instrumental music and that's it? No, 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 no. Uh, um, I actually, one track I'm working with this Dominican guy. Um, he has this band called Afro Dominicano and they do like accordion Dominican music. But he's into reggae. So I, I just reached out. I was like, hey man, do you want to lay a track on this? And he's like, yeah, cool. So, no, no. I, part of this project is that also, just inviting people and recording stuff and hopefully at some point get stuff on stage but like but um singers uh, no yeah i'm always down there honestly part of the reason i remember talking with ben about the musicians that are in the area the ska musicians was kind of like any of these singers around because because i think it's true i love doing instrumental music but i feel like it has a shelf life like there is a point where like you know dub is dub and you can always do in reggae Indian ska has a lot of flexibility for music without singers because as long as it's danceable, it's dance music, you know. But um, <clears throat> working with a singer is amazing and a good singer, yeah, absolutely. I'm always down. So, yeah, reach out to me. Any Anybody in your podcast that sings, yeah. <laughs> you can always absolutely. do like a, ri- a rhythm kind of, kind of thing where you just have multiple people sing over the same track. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love doing that. Yeah, that'll be great. No, yeah, that's, I'm always like, it's just hard finding singers. It's it's really difficult. And sometimes some of the best singers out there, like, are too shy to even reach out. Yeah. You know, they'll be like, oh, I don't think I could do it. And it's like, I heard you sing. You can fucking do it. <laughs> so, like, you know, I think a good percentage of singing is having that self-confidence. 
which like, I got major stage fright. I wouldn't be able to do it. And plus I have a bad memory. I, I mean, I think, I, I think I sound good sometimes. I mean, I did, I did have cores for one grade, but that was mainly just to go to Lincoln center for a field trip. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm going to sign up for band because they get to go to the stock exchange for a field trip. So i like, did that for one year and that was it. Um, <laughs> So what was what was the last show that you performed before this all happened for was it Rude Boy George? Ooh, like at the brewery probably? Had to have been. Oh yeah, Rogers Brewery. We played a show with with the uh, Rudy Crew, right? With the Rudy Crew and another uh, I forgot their name. But the Rudy Crew, yeah, we played a couple shows with them. Yeah, at the brewery. That's okay. correct. That was the last show. Because with Rukumbine, we used to play like all the time. But like I told you, our drummer kind of got really busy with another project. And then, yeah. like, so a couple of months ago, like that kind of like kind of fizzled. It didn't fizzle, but we were looking. We've been auditioning drummers and stuff like that. But so we used to play often because up here we would get a lot of like local restaurant gigs, which is crazy that we get to play ska and reggae at restaurants and get paid. <laughs> Who yeah, like where, like in New but, Pulse or Woodstock or. Like that kind of that kind uh, of. No, that we played a couple of shows in New Pulse, Beacon, Beacon, New York. There's a, a two bars there owned by the same guy, Dogwood and Beacon. Also, um, forgot the name of the other bar, which is great. Um, we played in Wappingers Falls. There's a place called Heritage, and they've had us Sloop Brewery in Elizabethville, New York, like. People around the area in the Hudson Valley, like people appreciate music and they like live music. So it's not like the city where there's a million bands running yeah. through. So when there's a band, especially when you're nothing against rock music, I love rock music, but like it's just like one rock band after the other playing like fucking Omen Brothers. You know, it's nice for people to be like, oh, nice, it's a reggae band, you know, and and we do covers, so it's like oh, some songs that we know they play the originals and whatever. So. Then, and then, yeah, but the last one, the last lot being out playing, yeah, was with Ruby George at the brewery, which I, it's an awesome brewery. So, I mean, do you guys have any plans to kind of to wrap this up? Do you guys have any plans with Ruby George to, so say you, you can't play any shows this year, are you guys going to try to try to do what everyone else is doing and try to find a way to do something like live online or... I don't know. I don't that's, know. It's kind of difficult because you guys are all over the place, right? Well, yeah, but also if you're online, it doesn't matter where you are. It's just like to get it to sound right, you know, yeah. to, to get a drum sound, you know, maybe, yeah. I don't know. We haven't talked about that. You guys can play um, outside, but you're all like 15 feet away from each other. <laughs> well, just a big... That could work. That could work. <laughs> Or you could we, all have yeah. like bio suits. Yeah, I mean, I don't, bio suits. That could be a thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody can tell you. Like nobody knows what's gonna happen. So hopefully, you know, next couple of months. There's so many summer shows. I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen. Supernova. I mean, we that, weren't gonna that, play that, Supernova. That got can't. That got postponed till next year. Yeah. Oh, so they postponed it officially? Yeah, Punk Rock Bowling did. Madness Show got post- postponed to next... Tw- everything's getting pushed to 2021. Because the problem is, is like there's no vaccine for this. So it's like, that's why it's sport- sporting and music. And it takes 12 to 18 months to get a vaccine. That's why it's like, 
this is yeah it's it's gonna hurt a lot of people in their pockets and i i I feel for them um but yeah same time i'm like well i got a lot of people a free time now i can actually people like yeah you want to do my podcast no sorry i can't i'm like well what the fuck you doing (laughs) i think i mean the more i think about it the more like cuckoo it drives me so that's why i just focus on making music yeah because in a way it's like literally all i do is i try to keep a schedule like i get up special weekdays i get up early coffee get my kids we work do their schoolwork. i go for a jog and and throughout the whole day just music 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 writing music and like just keep doing music keep sharing online it's a good time to really like appreciate like a lot of like online bands that you never heard of like oh wow look i discovered by the way i discovered i didn't discover i i found this awesome band from the west coast called los agrios i'm not familiar no a-g-g-r-i-o-s i just found them on instagram and i was like i fucking love their oh agitators is that no los agrios oh okay a-g-g-r-i-o-s which means like the the bitter ones in Spanish. Okay. No, the the sour ones. The sour ones. I'll, I'll send you a link. Okay. But I heard their stuff and I was like, dude, I, I sent them a message like, yo, your sound is fire. And they were like, they, were, they replied like, oh, cool, man. You know, like, so this is just from that extra time of being online and like, oh, wow, what is this? Oh, cool. I like the, their music, you know. And, you know, I've discovered, I feel like, a, a bunch of artists and people doing stuff, mm-hmm. people doing artwork online. That's what I mean, I'm doing. I, 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 I used to watch so much TV and movies cause I have to, I, that's what I do for rejunk. I, I review a lot of movies and TVs, but like mm-hmm. I, during the day I've been trying not to have the TV on. Like I used to watch the news a lot and I turned that off cause that was just making well, me CNN fucking. Was driving me insane. CNN like, was driving me insane. Yeah. Nothing, not that it was her fault, but it was just like, I'll, especially I'll, like two weeks ago, I was like, I gotta turn this off, man. This shit. I start feeling like shortness of breath. I'm like, oh my uh-huh. god, maybe I have it. Like, I gotta turn this I'm off. Like, and I'm, grab a, a I'm a Bernie. I'm a Bernie fan, so I was like, my meltdown ha- happened like last week. <laughs> it was like, oh and, yeah. And, 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 as I'm wearing, I was I'm wearing a shirt for like, it's like wearing the shirt for the losing team that I just got like last week for like the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> so Bernie, I'll tell you this. I um, I I love everything that Bernie stands for, but I was never a huge Bernie fan. Not him personally, just politically. I didn't think that he can get the things done. I didn't done think he could be Trump. Sadly. And, and I, I didn't think that he could like, um, he could, I, honestly, I didn't think a lot of people were going to vote for this great Jewish man from Vermont in a lot of parts of the country. Yeah. I don't and have it's, it's, it. so, yeah. And, certain and, people just don't like him for some reason. And, and, I don't know. And, I mean, but everything he 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 stands for, I mean, I fully support. Yeah, and you know, it's, all and about it's just the policies, my opinion. Yeah. I'm also like blue, no matter who. So whether it's yeah. Bernie Biden, I don't care. I was gonna vote blue. So which is why I didn't even get involved with a lot of the debates. I was, I'm like, you know, whoever, just just someone get it, and so I can know who we're going for. I know. It's just like I'm sick of just like the daily of like. I don't want to hear about the president. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Can we just have a president that we don't have to hear about every day? But, but I'll tell you this and any other Bernie fan is that, I mean, again, it's not that I'm an anti-Bernie. I, I mean, I love the guy. But um, I'll tell you this. 
It's, you shouldn't say that Bernie is the losing side because Bernie changed the game. Oh, and yeah. And that's Biden, why I Biden wanted him to stay or, in until the convention. Yeah. And Biden is going to have to like shift a little more to the left. Yeah. I guess this is my left. And whether he wants it or not. He's going to have to like, you know, it's not just like, all right, well, Bernie people vote for me. Mm, it's going to be a little bit more than that. You're going to need yeah. to give a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and that little more only benefits a lot of us because what Bernie's saying is right. Everything that he's saying. So, so, you know, I just thought that from a political like point of view, I didn't see Bernie winning the South, quite frankly. No, I didn't see him winning the South. And I was right, That's, but it didn't take a genius to figure that out. Most Democrats, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's tough to win the South. But I think with, with Biden, I think it's the familiar, being familiar okay. with oh, Vice President with Obama. And yeah. so and we'll see what happens. I still win. feel we're headed down a dangerous path, but <laughs> hopefully I'm wrong. Honestly, then. We just lived through four years of Donald Trump as a president. Can you imagine if in the 19, in 2000, you made a movie where someone like went in a coma and woke up in 2016 and Donald Trump was a president? They would think it was a comedy, right? I was you thinking, think I, I was thinking of doing a comic for this actually. Like, okay. Right? And just have like a list of all the things that happened. Like, oh yeah. And he went, yeah, he, he revoked this pro- this press reporters' privileges, and he did this, and it will be like like a crazy movie, and we just like why truth is truly a strange game fiction. Donald Trump is the president of the United States of America. It's so, it's got you know. it's yeah it's let's let's leave on an end. Let's leave on a ha- more happier note. What I'm have you been watching? Happier. Have you been watching any TV or movies? <laughs> well, I'm I'm a I, I rewatch a lot of stuff. Me and, too. Because sometimes, especially around this time, I don't want to think. It's like a relationship. I don't want to commit to a new character and get to know a new person. Just in the background kind of thing. So um, now that HBO is free for this month, I'm rewatching Veep, which I- Oh, that's so good. So I'm just rewatching that. Our favorite episode is when she's sick. And she's like, when when, when, uh, Selena Myers is sick and she's like, oh, I sound like- Bob Dylan underwater or something, or like just the one-liners in that show is just genius. But I, I tried watching Avenue Five, which the creator of Veep did, and I just I got made it two or three episodes, and it just wasn't I wasn't into it as much. Maybe because it was the political thing about it. But and before that, I was also rewatching Thirty Rock. Oh. I need these things to get me like away, really away from everything. Like right. I watch Wings. Or- Wings is my favorite. You, you keep. Dating yourself. I'm a 90s, 80s kid. I'm like, I no, no, no. yeah, and it's like, well, I, well, I watch Band of Brothers you know too what, every you, year. But you know what I did once? I rewatched the entire everything from beginning to end of Cheers because I was like a huge fan of Cheers. I would watch here. Again, I would watch Cheers here and there on TV, but I was never like. I was a yeah. huge. I was a huge fan, so I like rewatched the whole thing. So I'm dating myself too, probably. It's like Seinfeld and Friends and watch that kind of stuff. Family Guy. And I, actually, I've been actually already watching The Office on and off. I bought, but I bought it on Vudu because I never finished it. I could like by, by the time like Michael Scott left, I could just kind of get fed up yeah. with the show. So then yeah. it kind of rebooted. Yeah. It got too romantic and sappy. Yeah, with Jim and Pam, it just kind of got sappy. And but I've been kind of appreciating it better 
the second time going around. Like I, 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 sh- I feel like those last seasons became too American. You know, I lost that that dark British humor. Yeah, you I know. remember seeing the originals. Yeah, I remember getting that to review. That was like one of the. That was actually one of the earlier things I got to review was The Office. I'm like, I'm gonna check this out. I'm like, oh my god, this is so awkward. <laughs> really, always. And then it's it's uh, it's really cringy. The first American American version of it of like it's just identical to the like the first two episodes of that. Yeah. It was like only six episodes for the American one, but thankfully the second season is when they actually like branched away and. Groom. But it was still like it was still not dark, but it was still like kind of mean humor. Mean, towards the end, mean it was just and like, cringy and awkward. Yeah, but towards the end, it was just like God, it was so sappy. <laughs> I still, I still haven't finished it yet. I'm still kind of, I'm still in the ninth season, which I'm like, holy shit, they made it nine seasons. I'm like, I think I, I think I bailed after the seventh. I was like the seventh, I think, season. But <laughs> when Michael Scott left, yeah, that's yeah, kind of and like, it's just like yeah. there's a couple of good episodes after that, but. With the Wolf, Will, Will Ferrell, and some of those other people, right? Yeah, and I didn't remember finishing that season, but I think it was like the Robert California stuff with uh, James Spader is when I kind of bailed. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but it's it was okay. It's okay. It's like in a good ensemble it's still cast, the but it's, it's still the authors, which is amazing. I mean, yeah. All right, um, I think we, uh, we think we're good to so, go. Yeah. So, Much better now. So let's plug. Yeah. So we're, we're not talking politics anymore. Just we talked about the office. And, um, so where can people find your music? Because I tried Googling um, the Zenzies and it wasn't really coming up. So you got to work on your SEO game. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, I just have an Instagram. I just have an Instagram page. But you're like your band camp. I couldn't find it on band camp. I literally just had it today. Oh, I okay. Today. I just put it today. I put one track. Okay. okay. So uh, it's Instagram.com slash the Zen C's with a Z, Zen C's and an S. I'll, I'll put the links um, in here too, yeah. There's an Instagram, there's a Facebook page, and I just put a track because we hit 100 followers. I always say we, but it's just me and some friends. But uh, we you hit 100 followers. So I was like, yeah, me and my guitars are my bass. Um, we... Um, <laughs> So, because we hit a hundred followers, I put a track up so people can download on the Bandcamp, and maybe when we hit another like fifty or something, I just want to keep getting music out and people to check it out and enjoy. Yeah, just and keep, really keep nice. creating, soothing the soul, and it's what I do with. I put my kid to sleep, and I either just draw and do something else, or make T-shirts, whatever, whatever yeah. you do to keep you sane during these crazy, crazy, crazy times. Indeed, no. All right. So thanks a lot for doing this. It was a lot of fun. Got to got to know you. Next week I should talk to the next member of Rude Boy George. Maybe I'll reach out to Pam or Jenny and Rob. You should tell her. You should tell her reach out to them. Pretty soon. I think Everyone... You should also reach out to Ben. You should also reach out to my boy Ben Basile. I, I know I Ben. Know. I, 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 ben know. I knew Ben when he started in the Pilfers, when he was playing with the Pilfers. That's right. He did. He told me he did. Yeah. So uh, you should definitely reach out to Jen, uh, Jenny or Rob. Or, or yeah, I plan yeah, on yeah. Jenny and Rob at some point. Definitely. Damn. Definitely. It'll be great. Yeah. So, have you done Mark yet? No, I haven't done Mark because I was waiting for him to write his book. <laughs> I know. The book is going to be great, man. That's, that, that's going to be a great book. Well, I should. Yeah, I, I just, should. Because he's, he's got most of it done. So at least he has. I mean, I. I mean, I know Mark and Roger the most out of out of everyone out of them. So I'm like, we could just probably talk a whole podcast just about soccer. 
Are you a Tottenham fan? No, I, I, um, Red Bulls, uh, New York Red Bulls. So sometimes oh, like his, yeah. his son does like NYCFC uh, and then Red Bulls, but then now he's back in Jersey now. So I kind of poke fun that his son's so close to Red Bulls. And then Roger and I, we've gone to games together. That's cool. Yeah. Cool, man. All well, right. This was fun. This was a lot of fun, man. Good right. talking to you. And yeah. Hey, man, people reach out. They want to sing. Send them my way. Because a while back, I was going to send you a message. I was like, hey, man, if you got contacts with any of these like local like bands in the area, anybody, like, yeah, reach out to me because I want to get something going, you know? Yeah. I'm so sure. cool, cool, cool. All right. Thanks a lot.